I'm David G. I'm Cooper. And I am your lovely guest, OMG Eternal, <laughs> on the beat. Yeah. If you live for the good moments and learn from the bad, you're in the right place. It's the Living Room Podcast. All right, so today we have a very special guest, Omar, otherwise known as OMZ, OMZ Eternal, uh, always cooking it up in the studio, our favorite producer today. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so today, uh, since we have, uh, you know, a bit of a um, a musician in here, you know, a music master himself. We're going to be talking about um, independent music and uh, just like um, working on um, trying to grow yourself and progress in like a very um, saturated field. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, uh, how, how would you like to be uh, um, referred to? As OMZ or as Omar? O- o- either or, it doesn't matter. OMZ is cool. I like OMZ. Okay, all yeah, right. We can rock on OMZ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, OMZ, you want to you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, hip-hop producer coming straight from Northern Virginia. Right on. Also known as the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, that area. Um, started making beats since... Junior, senior year of high school, around like 2011, 2012. Um, started off on FL Studio. Then I moved on to Logic. Um, yeah, and then eventually I moved from Northern Virginia to New York for a couple of years to pursue my career out there. Um, and I met, you know, some pretty cool artists and producers that I networked with out there. Um, and here I am now in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Yeah, so Where it's cold. <laughs> yeah, very cold. Um, uh, why, why Minnesota? Why did you decide to stop here? Um, so in the middle of, you know, chasing the whole music scene in New York, the pandemic hit, and I felt like everything in the the scenery was just out of freeze, out of standstill, and I didn't know, you know, when the hell the city was going to open back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So I have like, family living out here, and I just yeah. decided to come, you know, pursue job opportunities out here. So is it harder to kind of get yourself out there during the pandemic as far as, like, you know, promoting your music, working with other people? Not necessarily because there's people that, are that you know, I, I keep in touch with that are still doing that, yeah. that started to do that during the time of the pandemic. Um, and these people feel like it's easier to network and, you know. Really? Easier? Done. How's it easier? Because there's less activity and now it's it's easier to to network and it's easier to just work and keep shooting videos and travel out of state and mm-hmm. um I don't know, kind of just take over the city. Okay. <laughs> yeah. According to these people. Don't, okay, don't, so don't like, quote me on this. So like you kinda mean that uh the the competition is like getting like spread thin, you know, only only the strong are out here surviving. Pretty you know, much, like, yeah. The the weak are getting weaved out. Okay, I see what you mean. Then. Yeah. I, okay, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um. Then uh, you wanna you wanna tell us a bit about uh what type of music you produce? Like, what is your sound? Yeah. Um. I don't really want to put a category on it, you know. But uh-huh. I grew up listening to like underground hip hop from the nineties, like Nas, uh-huh. Jay Z from back in the day, Wu Tang. 
Those are like your inspirations. Yeah, those are my inspirations, and even like West Coast artists, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Warren G. You know that '90s golden era sound is like mm -hmm. what I gravitate towards mostly, um, but I still am a fan of um, relevant artists from today. You know, I love Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if you want to call Pusha T relevant from today, but I love Pusha T. I would not call him <laughs> Pusha T relevant. Yeah, he's he's been around for a minute, <laughs> but he's still dropping stuff now. He is Pusha T. Mm -hmm. um, Ace, I like the whole ASAP Mob. Um, so, you know, I just try to merge some of the new sounds and blend them with the traditional 90s boom bap sound. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of create and, your own style. Right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I can dig it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then you're trying to put together a bit, uh, bit of the old school stuff that you admire, you know, bring it to the forefront, uh, modern era, switch it up a little bit, make it your own. Exactly, yep. Okay. And I like I love to work with samples and uh, classic, you know, like Jackson Five records from mm -hmm. the sixties and seventies and I like to modernize re chop chop the samples, rearrange mm -hmm. them and kinda of modernize them to you know, my own style. So Well, how did you develop that sound? Is it like kinda of something um just based off of like the music that you used to listen to? Did you have like someone like coming up that like kinda of, like showed you like their style? Um, like, you know, how to come? Um, how do we come upon uh, the OMZ of today? Pretty much, like I said from the jump, just being a fan of of '90s uh, hip hop. Um, you know, my older brothers had a strong influence on me. They would always play, um, like I said, Nas, Jay, Wu Tang, all that kind of stuff when I was a kid, and I just soaked it all up. You uh -huh. know, and uh, like I said, tried to stay relevant with some of the new stuff from today too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how how do you manage that? Because um, I do listen to like quite a bit of your stuff, and um, I like just like you said, I do like get brought back to like you know the very like reminiscent like '90s like you know boom bap like New York sound. Um, like, do you find that like uh, kind of hard to in uh, like today's like modern music where you have like uh, different sounds? Like, I know from one person, I know you especially don't like a Playboy Cardi, for example. <laughs> um, you know, our like little Uzis, you know, we're like kind of like jumping into this like um, hyper pop era. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the platform's kind of changing a little bit. Like, how do you I feel like, that? man, I feel like the music is, is, there's just so much music out there and it's just such a big open market of uh -huh. so many different, you know, little genres here and there. Um, yeah, of hip hop and it's there's a melting pot of all kind of sounds coming in and different styles so I, I just feel like it's a free market for anyone to create what they want um, yeah. and of course you have music that, that sells and that's more trendy than others uh -huh. and music that's more underground um, I guess I just try to listen to both the underground and some of the trendy stuff I'm yeah. not a fan of all of it yeah <laughs> Um, like little Uzi, little Dirk, you know, like it's hard for me to listen to that kind of stuff, but uh, I, I respect You're not the fucking grind. with Dirk? I'm just not into like auto tune singing, man. That's just me personally. I you know, I respect these uh, rappers and their hustle and all that. Bro, like auto tune's been a thing since like um Bro, who's the first person to use auto tune? Uh T Pain. Since T Pain, bro. T Pain been using auto tune since like what? Um 
2000 fucking 10 maybe earlier like yeah. i don't i can't remember when exactly t-pain dropped but like that's been like the rage for like however long you know bro like future out here like the king like um auto actually no no that, that's not true um travis scott the king of auto tune right now like that's like the whole sound right now i'm just not a fan of the sound man it's, uh-huh. it's not authentic it's not a real you know expression coming from their own voice it's yeah. it's modified uh-huh so i'd rather hear a singer that can really sing instead mm-hmm. of because it's easy to to sing on auto tune. You can sound like straight garbage, and have your engineer <laughs> tweak it up to uh-huh. where it sounds nice and clean and uh-huh. and good. Okay, um, but so like I feel that, like it's cheating. That, that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. But like for those people that um you know can't sing or can't like you know don't sound good like on the mic, yeah. um and they throw like auto tune on it. It's like it's like taking like a C minus to a C plus. You know, yeah. it's like. You went up like you know two letters, or you went up like you know two grades, yeah. but you know you're still like not good. But like someone who's actually good and like you know sounds good, and I like to use this example again: T Pain, even like Chris Brown. You know, like they'll go from like a B to an A plus. Like I feel like when you like you're you have a good sound and like you know you know what you're doing vocally, it can take like you know a normal talent. It, like it just like throws like sauce, extra sauce on like an already good talent. Yeah. Yeah, if you're already good, I can agree uh, with that. But if you're not good and you mm-hmm. do, you can't sing and you throw auto tune, mm-hmm. um, what what are you gonna do when it's time to perform? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, you're, then your then your true fans are you're exposing yourself to your true fans, which you really sound like without the auto tune, and it's, yeah. it just doesn't work out. in My opinion. <laughs> That's just okay. me though. I hear you. Yeah. You know, but I feel like for some of these, can people, we get a little bit closer? Oh. For some of these people, like, you know, you say you respect their hustle and, like, they're hustling. They want to get famous and, you know, do this stuff. And autotune is maybe their only way to, you know, sound good. Because if they sound like trash, if they don't use autotune, they're never going to, you know, be able to, or they're never going to, you know, their song's not going to sound good anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's a big boost for them. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like, uh, the thing is, like, I, I heard, like, um, Kali Uchis. I'm not sure if either of you know who that is. No, um, but, like, um, just, like, uh, like R&B Latin singer um, said that, you know, like, uh, only, like, it, people who are, like, meant to make it in music will make it in music. Like, if you don't sound good, if you don't work on your craft, like, those, like, C-tier people that I mentioned earlier... They don't go anywhere ever. Like, even like I'll make an example of like like Blueface. Like okay. Blueface like uses auto tune occasionally. Blueface is not a good rapper, and everyone knows Blueface isn't a good rapper. He literally hasn't had a hit since like Tatiana, and like you know, <laughs> like a, if it's not meant to be, it's not gonna happen. Oh, maybe that's the game plan. It's the one hit wonder, and then. Post after that, cash out and start your own like brand or something. Because I feel like who's the rapper? It's like NLE Choppa. Uh-huh. He's got like his own like uh, like health food brand or Does something. He? And it's like I don't. You're probably not wrong about that because I know he was like he was on that like weird like health thing like for the longest time. He was like you know like meditating and like talking about like chakras and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't doubt that. So hmm. I don't. know. Maybe that's like. Part of the game plan is just get get enough followers, get enough like mm-hmm. viewers, or get that one hit wonder, mm-hmm. and then just 
ride out something else, like start your own brand or yeah. of clothing or in, in well, Chapa's case. I feel like food. even like in the case of like music in general, like if you like look at like the, the like the big big shots. I feel like that's the the point. You should only like use like music as like a stepping stone to like get yourself into a different league. Like I feel like the the big example of this, the biggest examples of this are Kanye and um, Jay Z. Jay Z owns like Jay Z. Jay Z literally used to own um, a fucking um, Rockefeller. Uh, yeah, not not Rockefeller because he still owns that, but okay. uh, it's a streaming service. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Oh, title. Title. Yeah, yeah. Um, he sold title for like I don't know how many millions of dollars. Like he did that. He owns like multiple champagnes. I know like you know the the like um, the super huge bottles of champagne that have like sparklers on them that you like see in like movies and clubs yeah. that also exist in real life. Those are his. He owns that. So every time you like go to the club and you spend fucking seven hundred dollars on a bottle of champagne, you're paying. Jay Z, that money's going into his oh, pocket. God, okay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you build your music name and your profile big uh, enough to where you can start stepping out and doing other things, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, man. I just like I feel like it's just I feel like long term, you are like you're killing yourself if you stay in like music for too long. Like, well, not not like um staying in music, but like doing only music. Right. You know, like you gotta like graduate eventually. Yeah, only. especially with the streaming services, like mm. it doesn't seem like there's yeah, really bro. much money to be made with Make that. Make like $20 off of your like 17 million streams. Yeah. <laughs> That's really how much. So you gotta have your own it's merch. Not a lot. You know, you gotta have other other um, means of income too. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta sell your merch mm-hmm. and. The shows are a big Tap into other things. Too, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but shows, it, yeah. Like majority, like money is like it's shows and merchandise, just like you said. Because like, you know, like another example, Travis Scott. Like you remember when he did his like collab with uh, McDonald's? I like, don't really. <laughs> you don't remember? You don't remember Travis the Travis Scott, Scott meal? <laughs> no. You don't remember that? What is that? <laughs> it, bro, it was like a meal at like McDonald's that he had. He was like, uh, what was it? Um, it was a fucking uh, quarter pounder with bacon. Uh, barbecue sauce and like fries. I think that was it. And he put a stamp on that. <laughs> yeah, bro. And like he he did a collab with McDonald's. He had like um an entire merchandise line with like he was like selling like a like an extra large uh fucking chicken McNugget plushie. You know he like just random stuff. He also had like his like um uh his rodeo um uh action figure. Like uh, from the 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 album cover, you know the one, okay. right? I don't keep up with Travis Scott. I couldn't tell you. Oh my god! <laughs> Neither do I. This is news to me. Terrible. Uh, like Batman <laughs> in the mansion with new right, music. Right, right, right. <laughs> Man, okay. Well, anyways, um, anyways, speak, speaking of like you know, um, relevancy, you know, like uh, maintaining like you know your like money, like uh, staying relevant. How are you fighting for um, fighting for your space in this like super oversaturated uh, industry? I just know what works for me. You know, every time I drop, I feel like every time I drop a single, it's it's just timeless, and it speaks for itself. And obviously, there's going to be some haters, people that don't like it, and there's going to be the opposite people that love and gravitate towards it. So you know, I'm just putting out um, yeah. new music constantly. 
and I'm just trying to find my fan base by who gravitates towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still following like a lot of friends from high school and just a, l- a bunch of random people that aren't necessarily my audience yet. So yeah. it's it's still growing. I'm still um, trying to market myself and promote myself to really find the stronger audience and let it grow more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I just know that my music is timeless, and when I drop it, it's dropping nothing but classics. So yeah. So yeah, I think that's what works for me. I don't really mm-hmm. have to like scramble and try to, you know, compete with other people and mm-hmm. hopping on new trends. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm in my own lane, uh-huh. yeah. and there's enough space and flow for me to do my own thing, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel like much of a competition because my style is so different from a lot of um, trendy music from today. Yeah, you know, so I'm in my own lane. I do my own thing, and whoever gravitates towards that. Um, will support me and, and, and push me even more. So I guess that's my answer. I agree. Yeah, man. I mean, like, it's staying true to yourself, like, at the end of the day. Like you said, like, I, I, do, I really do feel like you um, you maintain a very, like, um, unique sound right now uh, as far as, like, you know, maintaining, like, a, that, like, a classic, like, you know, New York sound is, like, you know, like what I always, like, immediately, like, uh, go back to. And, like, um, really, the, the only people that, like, are doing, like, high-level, like, uh, chopping are, like, your producers, like, The Alchemist. Um, or... Uh, I love Alchemist. I, I, he's, a, he's amazing, bro. Like, I, I love the stuff he does with um, Griselda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, those boys are crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that's probably the best example I can, like, make right now. I know, like... Um, Hit Boy does a lot of like really nice uh, chops as well, but you know there, there's not a lot of people in that space. You know it's like make like really good stuff, and that's why I feel like it's easy to stand out. Mm-hmm. Facts, I hear you. Yeah. Um, okay, then what what made you realize that you know you got to see this through? Like you know as far as music goes, because like this goes, I guess this goes back to into like you know the oversaturatedness like. A lot of people can't um, maintain themselves in this industry for a prolonged period of time. It's kind of, you know, like you'll like play around a little bit, try to do something, you know, make your own little like buzz in the city. But uh, a lot of people don't see success. Like, um, right. so yeah, yeah, like you know, how how are you doing? It? I guess just living in New York and being around just an environment of hustlers. Mm-hmm. You know, New York is all about the hustle because. Mm-hmm. To maintain that lifestyle is so expensive, and you need to yeah. constantly be trying to like get uh, your money up, you know, uh, to survive. So it was literally like the will to survive. Yeah, the will to survive and even thrive, and just being in, like I said, being in that environment with nothing but hustlers uh-huh. um, compared to where I was in Virginia. You know, people weren't really doing it that strong, like as they were in New York. So New York is like the the mecca of hip hop. Mm-hmm. New I York, mean, Atlanta, L.A. Exactly. What's your question? Oh no! Well, um, uh, my my question was uh, just like, um, like when when you knew this was it, like you had to see it through. Yeah. So being around these guys um, and just seeing their longevity, yeah, and how they had their discipline in the studio, recording every day, constantly dropping tapes, um, networking, traveling to different cities, meeting um, you know other big time people. I seen eventually, like over time, all that hard work paid off, and yeah. like my homeboy Mussolini, shout out to Mussolini. Uh, he just completed an album with Ninth Wonder. He's pretty much the one I I oh, came word? up with. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit's really moving, bubbling okay. behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, and then so I just applied what he did. Okay, okay. can I pause real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I thought you you weren't like the tightest with uh, the Mussolini right now. And for like, um, uh, what, fuck, uh, how should I bring this up? Um, yeah. Cooper, for you who don't doesn't know, the Mussolini is a rapper in uh, New York that uh, Omar OMZ used to work yep. with a lot. Yeah. Uh, anyways, continue on. You said you thought I wasn't the tightest with him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we had our differences. Um, I don't really want to speak too much about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> live you know, on like, camera. What, whatever, like you feel comfortable with. Yeah, we had our differences. Um, mm, that's all. I, that's all I want to say. We just mm-hmm. have our differences, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was kind of like the new guy coming to the scene. He already had like his whole team of in-house producers and other yeah. artists and his whole, you know, crew that he fucks with. And I'm I'm the new guy coming in, and I don't know. I just feel like that same level of mutual honor wasn't quite there. Uh-huh. You know, and. Well, like, nonetheless, like, you know, you still, like, look up to him, you know, uh, he's a person that um, you're, like, continuing to, like, watch and, like, grow, just like you said, he's, like, working with the Ninth Wonder, like, and that's, like, that's, like, major, major crazy, considering, like, the amount of, like, hits that he's produced. Yeah. So, like, that's wild, man. Good for Yeah, him. I mean, yeah, me, me, you know, me and Muslim got our differences. Hopefully, one day we can put it all aside and, mm-hmm. you know, keep working. Of course. Um, and we can get paid for our music. Keyword, paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, okay. Here, we, we can go into that. Um, uh, how, how do we deal with um, being taken seriously in the industry? Because, like, you know, like, definitely on the come up, like, we see, like, you know, more often than not, like, a lot of producers, you know, trying to, like, give away, like, uh, beats for free or, like, you know, people are only asking for free beats because, you know, oh, hey, man, like, you know, put me on, bro. If I can, like, do something, I'll hit you back later, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, eventually, you know, it, it didn't phase me. You know, I, when I was in high school um, and my early years after high school, I was... Uh, that's all I was doing, giving out free beats, mm. trying to get my name heard, and trying to get some more exposure through other artists by just giving away my beats. But over time, I realized, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just giving away my beats. I'm supposed to be getting paid for this. You mm. know, the whole point of the, the music business is to to monetize, to mm. make money. Of course. You know, and Hence uh, business. I feel like a lot of people just fall into that trap of of just. You know, giving their their art away for free just just to have a name for themselves. But but over time, um, I just took a step back, and I realized, you know, I, that's that's not how I, I want to keep working. You know, it's it was cool at first, you know, to hand out my beats, pass them out for free, and, and people you started know, expecting it, right? Yeah, it's just like a never never ending cycle. never ending thing that they're gonna keep expecting. So I had to just. You know, cut that string eventually, and just move on, and and, and do my own thing, and and be in my own lane. You know, no disrespect to anybody, but I want to make money. I want to get paid for my work. <laughs> I mean, like you have to like realize your your own self worth. Like you know, because uh, you're like working on these like things that uh, these like beats, like these productions that like you know take you time to do. You know, and um, 
like the these are like pieces of art that you worked on. Yeah, dude, it's your intellectual property. Yeah, right yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm putting everything, my term. blood, sweat, and tears into that. Mm -hmm. You know, and to just be giving it, and that's all I was doing at first. Yeah. Mostly, and I was just giving him all my beats. You know, I was only giving him my beats at one point in time, and mm -hmm. a lot of them he didn't use. A lot of them he just kind of brushed past by. Some of them he did use on on uh, the mixtape MSG One. Like seventy five percent of the beats were produced by me, um, and I did a few other singles uh, on his other two albums. Yeah, produced a couple other tracks on his next few albums after MSG One. Um, but I feel like you know I already lever le I already had leverage with that connection. Yeah, and you know utilized it to my my advantage at that point. And you know, I already got the exposure that I was looking for, but just to keep doing that, you know, just keep giving my mu my music away for free, and just ride out this wave of success yeah. forever, it just it just didn't make sense to me. You know, it's I feel like if if you're getting paid off your your work, then I should be getting paid off mine as well. Mm -hmm. So you know, eventually I just had to. So stay do in my you think own it way. was like like worth it in the long run, or like do you regret it? I think it was still worth it. You know, it's still a learning experience. You know, like I said, Mussolini is a great hustler. I respect his hustle. He taught me how to hustle, and I'm I'm applying that out here. You know, fire. So I definitely do think it was worth it. I I learned from my mistakes. I learned my lessons, and you know, it's all about not repeating those same mistakes. Of course. Okay. Um, hitting on um intellectual property that uh, Cooper mentioned. Um, I've been uh, I've been peeping your IG, and it looks like um. You you signing papers these days, you know, um, getting a, a contract work done for Beats. You want to talk yeah. about that a bit? Sure, yeah. Um, so I met this engineer in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, and he has a studio out there, basement studio, and he also owns his own label, small-time label, and... Luckily, you know, he, he, he decided, he does contracts as well, and he decided to write me one up. Um, and I'm still trying to practice, you know, the whole professionalism about going about presenting contracts to people. I still need practice yeah. with it because um, people automatically become scared when you mention a contract. And, yeah, they're like, <laughs> sign here, read the fine Yeah, they, they get scared, and I don't know, it kind of pisses some people off and pushes yeah. some people away from my experience. Um but I, I just have it, you know, just. Well, okay, that that, that brings yeah. me to a term I like, um, something I heard on um, Instagram, which was like, it was like a, a TikTok that was on Instagram, but it was a really nice quote, which was, um, uh, it's it's not too expensive, it's just out of your, um, uh, what is it, out of your pay range? What is it, like, it's out of your, uh, what is, the, what is the saying? I didn't see this TikTok. I, I know, but like it's like um, it's out of your price range. Right. It's not too expensive. It's just out of your price range, and you know I feel like that's like um, very much so the mindset of like you know a lot of these like low level like you know rappers right now because um, like you know, I'm sure like you experience this a lot. You know, like anytime like you try to like mention a beat that costs more than like sixty dollars, it's like ooh, don't know if I can do that one, chief. Uh, you know, like, cut me something lower, but, like, you know, Dude, it's just, like... Like, if your goal is to, like, be, like, uh -huh. super famous, like, millionaire uh, artist, mm -hmm. 60 bucks is nothing mm -hmm. for a beat. Exactly. 
I mean, dude, like, there, there's a lot of, like, grimy people out there, like, you know, and, like, and that, that, that's the thing, like, this is your intellectual property, like, you know, you put, like, time, effort, like, the skills that, like, you ascertained, the plugins that you, like, had to, like, you know, buy or, like, whatever it might be, the instruments you use, you know, like, that all accounts to uh, the, like, end price, and, you know, like, that's why, like, you know, like our like big time producers, um, I'll say like Hit Boy again. He can like literally charge like fifty thousand dollars plus for a beat, for just one beat, because he's that good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're no matter how much you charge, it should definitely be a reflection of the hard work you've been putting in, 100%. Um, the the expenses that you had to pay. You know, for your equipment. Um, you know, all the moves we've been making in the past. So the the price range should definitely, you know, reflect that. Of course. I mean, dude, that's why, like, um, another uh, producer friend of ours, uh, Rich Garvey, man, that dude's out here selling, like, beats for, like, 400-plus to, like, dudes in fucking Sweden. Like, you know, it's just progression over time. So, like, you know, good on him. He's, like, on his way. Shout out to Rich Garvey. Um, shout out to Rich Garvey. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's just like you have to like know your own self worth in this game, right? Because if you don't, people yeah. will just take advantage. Just of you. walk all over you, exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, fuck. And it's a cutthroat industry. <laughs> <laughs> Very. I mean, like rap specifically. Um, because it is, like, so oversaturated. Like, every everyone and their fucking mom thinks, like, they can be a rapper. Like, you know, hop on a beat and, you know, I'm going to be, like, viral by next week. Right. <laughs> and, like, it's just, it's wild. Because, like, um, I'm not sure if you, like, saw this. Either of you guys saw this. But um, there was this guy in the news recently uh, who was, like, a, a Subway employee. Um, and uh, his, like, he has a very, like, specific thing of blowing up at his jobs. He will like basically record himself having like a meltdown. So like in this video, he was in his subway, um, and he was like taking out all the ingredients and like tossing them onto the ground, and like just like you know just like throwing stuff on the ground, just like making a scene, um, and like the the basically like cloud chasing, and like he was saying like oh blah 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 I'm not with that cloud cloud chasing shit, but like you know you're literally cloud chasing, and like while like going through this like entire like tirade, he's like you know. Man, this is just like a shout out to um, Meek Mill, you know, like sign me to Dream Chasers, you know, blah 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 blah, you know, like it's literally like this dude is out here, like making him himself. Exactly, uh. he's making a mockery of himself. Uh, who's you know? this guy? It's just like I I don't even know who he is, dude. Like I like I saw it in the news a while ago. It's just like this dude working at a subway, recording himself making a mess, throwing sandwiches around, saying, hey, Meek Mill, sign me to Dream Chasers. Man, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm not, you know, I'm not with this, like, uh, oh you know, God, nine to so five stupid. stuff, you know. <laughs> like, I'm so serious, man, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like... That's some clown shit. Exactly, man. It's just... Not everybody can come up here and rap, man. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> was he being serious too? He like was Meek being Mill serious. Really, really signed him? No, 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 no. Meek Mill did not sign him. Oh, he was asking Meek Mill to sign oh, him. Oh, okay, okay. Like the vi the video was like to like shout out Meek Mill. Oh my gosh! Mm. I feel like just... the fact that he made the news was like 
even a, a big day for this guy. I'm sure like, it was, dude, because like it, it made like national news. Like it was on like radio shows. Like the, the only reason like I know about it, I saw it on like YouTube, and then I heard it mentioned on um, the Breakfast Club. Um, because like I, I listen to like uh, they're like a uh, podcast sometimes. And they mentioned it, and I was just like, Yeah, that's some straight fucking time, hell, man. Like, what what are people doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're bored. Um, okay, but, uh, moving on, um, a very big question I have for you, so, there is this, uh, music term called, uh, the five-year run, um, you know, basically just, like, uh, what you plan to do, like, step-by-step, like, um, within, like, five years, and, you know, how you're planning to, like, change the game, like, what you're going to be doing, and I wanted to ask you, um, have you started your five-year run um, if you have, where are you on that run? And, you know, like, what do you see for yourself in the future? Oh, man, that's some serious question. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an interview. Here. Job interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, five-year run. The next five years, pretty much see myself living in Atlanta. Atlanta? With, with millionaires and shit. Oh, where? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one of my one of my homies, um, S Chess, we we were networking together, working together. We we started to intern um, at Q Studios in Washington D.C. Um, and he just left D.C. and moved down to Atlanta. Um, and I just feel like that's even a bigger opportunity for the whole team. You know, um, he's he's connected with Chris Henderson, who who did the Blame It on the Alcohol song. Blame it on the uh, 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 oh okay. that one that one okay and Dallas Austin you know who uh, worked with TLC from the nineties and you know other relevant artists from today so it, Atlanta is like the Hollywood of hip hop I feel like yeah and it's so easy to to network and you know meet big celebrities out there like it's nothing yeah um, I mean like I I know for a fact um, depending on like what studio you go to like you know you might see like fucking like six, seven plus, like, you know, like up and coming popping like rappers. And, you know, like they like, they're always like working together, you know, just based on like who you see, you run into like, hey, blah, 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 I'm fucking with your shit. You know, like, hey, check right. my stuff out, come to my studio sometime, whatever it might be. So I definitely hear you. And like, that's music connections, you know? Exactly. And I feel like Atlanta has more Southern hospitality. Like the Southern hospitality thing is real. Yeah. You know, compared to when I was living in New York, I felt like everyone had this attitude of, oh, I had to get it myself, so yeah. you have to get it yourself, too. You know, there's no sharing. I had to work hard and make my bag. You got to do the same thing for yourself. I feel like a lot of New Yorkers had that type of mindset. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. from my experience of living there for two years, it just seemed like a rat race of everyone trying to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas Atlanta, people are more open to working with you and you know connecting with you yeah so that's one of the main reasons i want to move down there um i don't know it's hard to really predict the future Mm -hmm. who knows that we could have another government shutdown i don't know what the music scene will be like in another five years Uh um but i'm just trying to stay optimistic Mm -hmm. and um you know focus on what i have going on right now and the people i'm working with now yeah and seeing that grow and expand yeah. And hopefully dropping multiple tapes by <laughs> by five years. Okay. All right, I can dig it. So mostly focusing on growth, 
Um, you know, expanding your web, getting like you know your contacts in line. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, then, then like I, I can fuck with it. You know, it's just like um, uh, saying like you know like me and uh, Cooper say like uh, really often is um, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. So like exactly. you know, getting yourself connected out there, so 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 important. Exactly. Um, but uh, I I guess uh. As far as getting connected, like, you know, talking to people goes, um, major thing that comes up a lot is uh, the people that are around you and, you know, whether or not they're supporting you. Like, um, how do you how do you manage, um, how should I put this? Your circle, you could say. Uh, yes, yeah. Like, like how, do you, how do you manage, like, people in your circle, like, putting you down or saying, like, you know, oh... You know, um, you know, music isn't the way, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to make any money. Um, you know, this is like... Um, oh, man, I hear that all the time idea, from, blah, blah. from family members. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that from my dad just about all, every time I talk to him. Um, I just got to know myself and my own worth yeah, and not let them bring me down. You know, just like I said, stay optimistic. Um just shut out all the haters and all the criticism and just keep doing what works for me. Yeah. I agree. I mean, because, like, it's it's your life at the end of the day. Like, nobody can tell you, like, how to live it. Um, and, right. like, you're... I, I feel like you can't find, like, you know, true happiness if you're not, like, working for it yourself. Like, no matter what you do, there's always going to be people, you know, telling you you're going to fail or telling you to do something else. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's just that just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. yeah, for of like, course. So. I mean, like, but it, isn't that so off. whack, though? Because, like, yeah. you know, like, um, I, like, I've heard, like, this, like, story a million times, like, you know, basement rapper, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, got a hit song, got a few hit songs, got signed, now making multi-millions. And now their family wants to, like, fuck with them. Yeah. But, like, it's just, like... <laughs> I, I, I know you could do it all along. Exactly. Like, dude, that stuff is so whack to me because it's, like, you know, like, why... I, I hate people who are supportive at the finish line, um, you know, as uh, compared to, you know, when you were preparing for that marathon. You know what I say? Um, and, um... It's I, the story of a little red hen. <laughs> no, go ahead. And I, I, I don't know what that is. You, you want to elaborate? Oh man, uh, it's a children's story about this hen that has to bake some bread, I believe. Yeah. And the hen asks all the other animals, the cow, the chicken, the pig, who wants to help me pretty much make the bread? And they yeah. all ignored her. And finally, when the when the um, hen made the bread, she said, now who wants to come eat the bread? And then everyone, uh -huh. every, all the animals mm -hmm. wanted to come eat. Mm -hmm. She's like, fuck that. <laughs> Y'all ain't eating this shit. Yeah, exactly, man. That, <laughs> that shit is so whack to me. And yeah. Just like, just keep it 100, you know? Exactly. But, you know, that's uh, fortunately not the world we live in. Yeah, that's just part of the game. You know, you got to know your own self-worth and mm. um, just keep doing works for you and, and ignore people that try to shut you down with their criticism. Of course, man. Because, like, like I said, it's just it's you at the end of the day. Do what you want to do. Um, but uh, moving on, though, uh, do you have any fun projects that uh, you're working on that are going to be coming out in the future? Any, like, you know, new interesting people you're working with that you're excited about? Yes, I do. I have, um, 
an album. I don't want to say the name because someone might still <laughs> steal the name of my album. And I don't want to say when it's going to release yet because yeah. it's still in the oven and I don't. I just don't want to give a time frame mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, and I'm trying to jinx it. Yeah, you know, think, I don't want to force a date for it to come out because mm -hmm. I'm, it, it's just going to come I mean, out. Look, look dog, 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 look. The bread's in Bro, the oven. Yeah. I, we'll enjoy it when it comes out. Look at <laughs> Kanye. Look at fucking um, Playboy Cardi. Look at all these people. They say they'll drop this day and they don't drop for two years. Like Yeah. It, uh, like I feel like drop dates don't even matter anymore. <laughs> it's like artificial deadlines. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm. So, but the artist that's on it, um, I got multiple dope artists. I got Rome Streets, who just got signed to Griselda Records. Word? Yeah, he's going to be on it. Uh, Mussolini. Okay. Uh, my boy Young D. Young Noah. Uh, Rich Garvey, Muja Messiah. Muja Messiah is a pretty dope artist from Twin Cities, from Minneapolis. Um, who else? Just a bunch of people, man. Prophet. Which is uh, one of my homies on Moose's team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of pretty dope artists on there. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that tape. And they say you you got your whole life to make your first album, so so here it goes. <laughs> Trying to make I'm it giving good, them 27 course. years worth of my life. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, dude, that must be so exciting though. Oh yeah, I just gotta figure out a way to promote it right and, and get the right PR guy involved. I feel like that'll pretty much set me straight. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just drop it and it's out and no one, you know, discovers it. Mm -hmm. I want to have a strategic marketing strategy, Yeah. how to push it out and get it on multiple different websites, yeah. you know, with the help of a PR, which costs money, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'll do whatever it takes I got to do. Well, look, here's another thing. Um, uh, what's what's your team look like, you know? Because, uh, like, I, I know, like, you're independent, but, like, you know, do you work with, like, any other people to, like, put out the stuff that you do? Um, that just like help like you know supporting whatever whatever like process of like you know the music you're in my team um yeah i'm I'm messing with rich garvey um I, my boy Abby I met them at the studio profile studio what um, do they do for you they let me record at the studio um and they shoot videos as well. So, yeah, we have a few videos just tucked in right now. Um, I mean, as far as a team, I'm kind of by myself for the mm -hmm. most part. Um, but, you know, I, I come together with these guys when it's necessary to, to do work, like shoot yeah. videos and record. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I really mm -hmm. can say. I mean, like, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, you know, this is the independent game, of course, like, you know, People are, like, lucky to have teams, um, but, like, obviously it comes with, like, time and, like, you know, building the proper one with the right people on it, right. you know, because, like, uh, I've definitely experienced this in the past as far as, like, you know, trying to, like, put together a team and, you know, like, one by one it all falls down because, like, you know, either, um, you know, everyone's not on the same page or, you know, like, uh, just not working towards, like, you know, the same mutual goal. Yeah, I've I've dealt with people like that in the past, even even today that I'm still trying to work with. Um, I don't want to point out any names, but mm -hmm. I realize, hey, if you're not as serious and hungry as me, then it's like, all right, it's cool, we can work, we can put out some dope music, but your song's only gonna go as far as you push it. Yeah, you know, I'm 
I don't have all my eggs in one basket. I'm working with many different artists. Of course. And, you know, many different people. So, yeah, I mean, who's ever serious and hungry about it will will step up to the plate and and push themselves and not, you know, just expect to blow up overnight and have that one hit overnight. Um, it, it takes time. Everything in this universe takes time. When you look at a tree growing, the, the seed is planted in the soil, then it takes time to sprout and eventually time for the tree to grow. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a process of... Mm-hmm. Making it in the music game and, exactly, and getting bro. exposure. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just doing what I got to do to focus on on my music. You know, I'm focused on my tape and I'm working with the people that I work with. Um, and you know, I'm I'm in control of what I project out there as far as the music. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 in control of what I'm focusing on, what I'm working on. Other people that I've worked with, you know, they may have the same drive or, or may not. So we'll just see in the future who weaves out and who's still hanging in there. That's how I see it. Of course. Well, um, well, based off of that, do you have, like, any any games to spit for, like, any, like, young kids in the game trying to, like, uh, find their way up? Anyone, like, starting and producing, rapping, whatever it may be from um, somewhat of a veteran yourself? Advice to give them? The pro- upcoming producers, basically, and rappers. Yeah, yeah. Um, know your worth, definitely. Know, of course, of course. Know your worth and how good your music is. Um, have a strong team supporting you. That's definitely important. Um, and just have fun with it. You know, it's, it's a journey. Have fun. Um, you know, just learn and grow as you make mistakes. Um, try to get out your city, get into a bigger target f- market and find your, your target audience um, and just keep putting out dope content on the internet. You know, there's, there's so many endless resources with the internet, you know, all these streaming services and YouTube, just, just you know, stay consistent and stay mm-hmm. on, s- utilize those yeah. services. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Consistency is key. Yep. You know, stay, um, if you're not consistent, people are going to forget about you. Right, you know, you're not relevant anymore. Like, and in like this like fast paced world we live in, the moment you stop is the moment you die. <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, Cooper, you've been like pretty quiet this entire time. No, you I've, got just, any... I've been listening. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, because I know you have some questions to ask. Like, considering you are a musician yourself. Well, so... there has been one question that's kind of been on my mind. It's how do you stay motivated both to just continue on your grind and to stay motivated on a day-by-day basis uh, honestly like i said content. like i said just being around an environment of hustlers man is what really motivates me shout out to mussolini for teaching me how to hustle you know i didn't really have the same drive until i moved to new york i felt like and seeing how these guys did it and just Constantly in the studio, constantly recording, constantly dropping tape after tape. I haven't even dropped my first tape yet. You know, just seeing people drop <laughs> tape yeah. after tape, it's like, oh shit, I gotta catch up. You know, I gotta start dropping tapes, but I'm, I've never done it before, so it's yeah. it's new to me, and I just want to do it right and promote it right. I don't want to just drop it to drop it. Um, I think, but yeah, a, I think that's what motivates me. Yeah, that's a big thing, though. I think just like having content out there and like putting content out even though like if 
everything you put out is not, you know, an absolute masterpiece. Like, just having stuff out there it's, might be able to get you more exposure. Where it's like, I don't know, like, you know, a famous artist is going to have thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. paintings, but only, like, a few dozen or so are going to be, like, the exposed. most popular and most exposed ones. Right, right. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm promoting um, singles right now, videos yeah. on YouTube. That's what's kind of keeping me up to date and relevant right yeah. now, um, and just letting people know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm dropping stuff, and you know, pretty much um, getting my audience ready for the tape. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much my my strategy right now, just focusing on the singles until the tape is ready. I got a video tucked in with Rome Streets. Once the tape is fully ready, I'm gonna drop that video and a few other videos, and uh, yeah. we'll see what happens from there. Let's go. But uh, um, uh, I think uh, Cooper brought up a really good point, though, as far as um, singles versus albums, because mm-hmm. uh, I think we're we're seeing like a really big change in the landscape right now for new artists, because we, as far as like consistency consistency goes, uh, people are seeing a lot more success with like you know dropping consistent singles. Uh, you'll see people like um, I guess um, I, I don't want to say SoundCloud specifically, but just like um, just like newer artists dropping, you know, just like a single like every week, every month, whatever it might be, you know, like gaining attention over time, just because putting out an album or just like a, a big like project like that is it's hard to like bring um, attention to it because you you haven't like built that like. Um, that initial like you know buzz right and you know it's hard to like 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 you were like mentioning earlier like bring attention to it like you know say hey um as like um a consumer why should i why should i like you know listen to this like big project when like i don't even know who you are right exactly so the singles for me are appetizers mm-hmm. we'll just yeah. get some ready for the full course meal mm-hmm. of course 100%. if they like that the appetizers they're going to be hungry for the meal mm-hmm. you know so that's that's as simple as it boils down to. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I, I have a few more questions. Sure. Um, one really big thing, uh, since we were talking about it earlier, as far as like pricing goes, um, what do you what do you eventually want to be charging? Like, and like I, I know that's like that might be like a super abstract like you know question because you know you could say like ah from ten years from now you know I'm gonna be charging like. 50,000 just like it boy but like you know just um just like aspirational wise you know like where where, where do you want to like you know be in a little bit be nice to charge cats <laughs> 5 to 10 G's for 5 to 10 G's if if they're willing to pay for it mm-hmm. you know and they their management backs them up on that yeah well that's the thing it's like um get, that's like more than possible to do but it's getting connected into like the right camps cuz like when you're hitting like the the 5k like range you know you're you're selling beats to like um like new signees of like you know a medium class record label right. so like um i'm trying to like think of like a like a good example uh i i, I don't know I, I can't think of anyone like off the top of my head but just like um Basically, the the only people who are gonna have money for like that are like people who have album money to spend from a label, 
And um, like, I'm how I have to think twice about it. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I just feel like it's a matter of just getting my name out there with mm-hmm. my branding, and, and and these people will find me eventually. Mm-hmm. You well, know, it the, seems the like bees go to connected. the flowers. It seems like you're already connected, though, because like you know, you're working with um, people that have a name for themselves. Um, are building themselves up, like you said. You're you're working with somebody that's like new signee to Griselda, right. like you know, and he's on your tape that you're going to be dropping eventually. Right. You know, I feel like that's an in. Like you know, if like you showed that guy, like I, remind me his name again. I forgot. Rome Streets. Rome Streets. You know, I feel like you show him some stuff. Like you know, he's rocking through stuff. You know, you maybe sell him a B for a thousand dollars. You know, someone hears that, like you know, and finds out, oh, yo, this beat is crazy. Um, you know, Rome Streets, where you get this from, you know, they say, hey, OMZ, you know, they hit you up, like, you know, and it's, like I said earlier, it's really hard to get to that level even. Most people don't get to that level. I feel like you are so close to, like, the cusp of, like, getting into, like, that upper tier. Yeah, I feel like I'm close to breaking through, too. Uh, I just I just gotta drop this tape, promote it right, mm-hmm. get the right exposure, um, and then I feel like you know, serious buyers with um, bigger profiles, bigger names will will eventually come and talk business. Of course. So, well, how are you process. feeling about um the the Minnesota scene? I like it out here. I, it has its pros and cons. Yeah. So one, there there is a scene. You know, it, it does exist, and the people are supportive. The artists, the producers, whoever your friends, they'll come show up at your shows. From my experience, not my shows, but um, other guys that kick it with that do music, yeah. you know, people will come and support and either buy your tape or buy your merchandise and, and, and show up. I feel like that's half the step. And there's, it seems like there's a bunch of showcases out here in the Twin Cities, mostly Minneapolis. I don't really know too much about St. Paul. Um, but, you know, Prince is from out here, so mm-hmm. there, there has to be something going on. I mean, dude, like, Prince's are, like, crown jewel. And, like, it, the really whack thing to me is like it's just him, <laughs> and like I, th- I know there's like a few like yeah people would just ride him so hard. I know, <laughs> like it's like we have like a, I know there's a few like other like minor musicians from Minnesota. It's Bob like, Dylan. Bob Dylan, yes, like, like you know we're talking more about the yeah. Hit or like yeah, I don't know. E- even like like as far as like modern music goes, yeah. like you know like pop, hip hop, R and B, whatever it may be, like Minnesota is like not hot for a lot of stuff. Like, um, seems like Chicago has more uh, of the spotlight. Yeah, which is like thing. so whack. You know, like, damn, like, do more people have to die here for our music to get better? <laughs> Starting to look that way. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is such a bigger city too, and I'm guessing more studios. Mm-hmm. You know, more whatever is out there. Um, I don't know. I don't have the answer mm-hmm. for no, why the no scene is the way it is, but. Shoot, I hope I hope to <laughs> catch some spotlight mm-hmm. out here. Of course, I mean it's just it's it's really wild to me considering like Minnesota is like one of like the biggest places in the country uh, for like art. Um, yeah, it's definitely a very artsy city. A <laughs> lot of it. graffiti and Yo. stuff like that. Taking a call. <laughs> Thirty-one minutes. Hmm. Let's see, where are we at at the podcast? About to wrap it up. 
Oh, you might make it. Our camera died. Oh, about did it 20, actually? About 20 minutes ago. It died 20 uh, minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so That's it's tough. only going to be partially on YouTube. It looks oh, well. Like. Um, okay, well, we'll fine. see you when we see you. Peace out. So sorry for that interruption. No, you're good. One of our hosts was uh, giving us a call. He just finished his job. So I want to hear more of the cons about the Minnesota music scene. I feel like we heard a few pros. Um, cons. It's it's a small scene. So it's just you know it seems kind of small. Um. There's not really too too many artists that I can think of that is on the mainstream level that that came from Minnesota, yeah. other than Prince. Um, so like you, maybe you'll be able to make connections in Minnesota, but those connections aren't necessarily going to lead to you know greater opportunities. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm I'm making connections, and I don't know where it could go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like the the scene is really that saturated, yeah. which is a good thing to me, yeah. because you can stand out more. Yeah. No, you're you're definitely right about that. Like, and that that might be a major plus here. Yeah. Because uh, you know, if you are really hot, you know what you're doing. Like, you know, you can make a buzz. You know, and like bring something to the city. You know, like get uh get people coming out of the woodworks for you. But um, but just like you said, on the flip side, there ain't a lot of cats out here. Yeah, that's why eventually I, I got to move to to A Atlanta mm -hmm. and just uh, you know keep stacking my money and keep working with the connections that I have out here and keep building the buzz out here. But eventually, I want to carry that down to the A. All right, I like Minnesota though. You know, mm -hmm. the people seem friendly um, and supportive. Nice. Yeah, people seem supportive, so that's that's always mm -hmm. a plus. When I was living in the DMV in Northern Virginia. I felt like it was the opposite, like a lot of haters out there, a lot of crabs <laughs> in the in the bucket. Yeah. They're you just know, like, trying wow, to pull you're you trying down. To, you're trying to prop yourself up and become something and Yeah, and I'm gonna hate you for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh especially in D C you have a lot of that hate going on out there. Which is the Yeah, you think it's jealousy? City. I feel like people may like they'll just see you as a threat or something like that, you know. They they see someone else hustling and trying to make something of themselves. Either that, or they just see it as a joke. Like, oh, you're just another upcoming producer. Like yeah. so many other producers haven't made it. What makes you think you're gonna make it? It's, yeah. it's almost that kind of thing. I feel yeah. like. Um, so here, that's I don't I don't feel that yeah. in this environment out mm -hmm. here. Well, I think that's because we 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 have so many like young people. Um, trying to do something because like um, like I mentioned earlier like Minnesota is like one of the the biggest places in the country for art we like have the biggest funding federal funding for arts in the country as well um, you know uh, like arts really major here film is really major here you know there's always people doing stuff so creatively there's always like you know people like doing something being active with it and, you know, willing to, like, um, whether it be helping or supporting, there's always people out here for that. I definitely feel that out here. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's just not uh, super crazy on the music part, which is just, like, I, like I said, I just don't get it. Yeah, Chicago has most of it. 
Mm. I'm, I'm going to use the restroom real quick if that's cool with y'all. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Water's getting to me, man. Running Come through on. you. Yeah, it's going back through me. Sorry. I like this interview a little bit. Huh? We're kind of winding down a little bit. Eh? Yeah. First, well, we're like, we're at an hour. Damn, so the camera died, huh? Yeah. Yep. Was the battery not full? Is that 100%? Uh, Because I know some, like, um, some of the batteries aren't the best. And some batteries are better than others. Uh, So that's probably just it. Which, you know, it can't be helped. We just, uh, it's just an avenue that we have to find a way to get around eventually. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it's getting chillier here in the old MN. Oh, yeah. Change of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Hopefully one of these uh, one of these weeks we'll have a, another Destination podcast coming up. <laughs> I hope so. Hoping, hoping to come at you guys, viewers, wherever you are, whoever you are, <laughs> from a warmer destination. That would be, that would be ideal. California would be awesome. A little more Florida action. More bring Florida it back. Action. Bring it back to Florida. Apparently, we went at the wrong time of year. I was like to go to Florida. Uh huh. Really? I was um I was like uh working and I had to like take an Uber for to like go do something, and I was like talking to the Uber driver and he was like saying like, uh he's like uh he has a vacation house in Florida and I was like telling him about my trip. He was like, oh, you know, uh pretty bad idea to go to Florida in the summer. It's always like humid and sweaty there. You know, if you want to, like, enjoy it, you should go during, like, the fall, winter time. But, I mean, you didn't know that you went at the wrong time until someone told you. So, did you really go at the wrong time? I, dude, I, yeah, I did. Because <laughs> it was, dude, it felt like a fucking sweaty old man it was, like, grasping me at all times. Whenever I went outside, oh it was not nice. Yeah, Florida's just, like, the sweaty crotch of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a bad way of describing it. The hanging dong. Yeah, uh, with uh, a lot of tattoos, piercings, and drugs. A lot of cocaine. I met this guy from Miami when I worked in uh, Alaska. He was the chef. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he was a character. His name was Jorge. <laughs> don't remember his last name, but yeah. Cuban immigrant came to, the Mi- came to Miami in the 80s, did cocaine first when he was 12 years old. Jeez. Claims to just have been like in with the Colombian drug ring and mm-hmm. everything, which you know, you know, a guy who is talking about it, you know, is probably not too high up, if anything, like, because yeah. they're not gonna tell you anything, if, of course, if you're a blabbermouth like him. But boy, was he a character! But m- grew up in Miami in the '80s, like selling dope. I don't know what he. He must have been like a crackhead or a mm-hmm. meth head or something because he had about yeah. five teeth left. <laughs> well, as far as like like selling like cocaine and like crack and all that goes, like I don't doubt it because like it was the fucking 80s and yeah. like most of the people making like money or dirty money, I should say, <laughs> in Florida were selling cocaine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this guy. He just had the craziest stories. He said... He got paid 
by some dudes. He got paid like 400, 500 bucks to just let these dudes shoot him with a paintball gun. And I'm like, you must, like, you're either on the internet somewhere or, like, you're on a jackass <laughs> clip or something. Like, <laughs> it's just like a group of, like, fucking, like, <laughs> why? I mean, <sighs> how I bad know. do paintballs hurt? Dude, have you, it's, it's like, imagine a slingsh, like, a slingshot uh, shooting a grape at you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it would feel like. It's, it's compressed gas pushing a plastic ball full of paint at you. You'll get a purple welt mm. from, from it. So, yeah, paintballs hurt. It's so like, probably not worth five, $500. No. And then some people, when they're paintballing, they'll actually freeze the paintballs before they go and play paintball. Why would you do that? Because they want to cause more harm to people. Yo, some people are not okay. Some people are really not okay. Like, <laughs> Why There's you... a whole world of people out there that are not okay, Teddy. We, <laughs> we know this. <laughs> Fucking hell, though. Why, like, freezing them ahead of time so you can cause extra pain to people? Yeah. If you are that person, please thaw your paintballs before you go out and shoot people with them. Get help. Get help, too. Get help. Get help. But, yeah, Jorge... Oh my god, that dude. <laughs> he like he so he was the chef. Yeah. And he would he'd always be on break. All you 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 could never find him. You'll have to see it. He and he'd just you'd hear you'd know where he was in back in his tent because you'd just hear him coughing after <laughs> taking a dab. <laughs> You'll love to see it. Yeah. And then he's asking, always asking, oh, am I going to get hired back? And it's like, man, if you if you have to ask that question, it's probably not looking good. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know you're doing a shit job, but you're just asking for the sake of asking that because you want to, like, come, go back and do mm-hmm. something again. Why do they hire him to begin with? Because, like, I assume he's been there multiple he years. He was actually hired. No, no, this was for this was first year. He was oh. hired off of a recommendation, actually. And... Uh, my my boss in Alaska, he went, uh, when he was checking the references for Jorge, one of, one of the pr- people said, oh, this trip would be so good for him. And my boss was like, okay, yeah, but would it be, is he going to be good for us? Like, yeah, like the trip will be good for him, but like, is it going to be good for us? <laughs> that says a lot. Yep. Oh man, and they still hired him? Yeah. Is there, like, not an interview process? I got interviewed over the phone mm-hmm. a couple times, but it's, I think it's based mainly off recommendations. So, like, mm. my uncle recommended me to the job in Alaska. <laughs> and, like, my uncle is childhood friends with this guy. No. So it's not like my uncle's going to screw over his best friend mm. from, yeah. from his childhood. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I'm sure, like, I think the the general understanding is um, you're not going to recommend someone who's a dickhead. Yeah. Well, somehow, Jorge, he made the it through the cracks. Jorge got recommended. And, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, he's, just, he's living his life. Yep. You know, so, so what if he's a crackhead? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what about you too? <laughs> oh, I was just talking about this, this guy that I worked, or he, he was a chef at this job that I worked at, and he was wow. a real nutcase. Mm. He had like five teeth, and 
he claimed of growing up, or he says he grew up in Miami in the 80s and was, like, you know, connected with the Colombian drug cartel mm-hmm. or whatever. But. Mm. That's how Griselda got their name from this woman down there in Miami that was, like, really pushing drugs. In really? The 80s, I think. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. Griselda. It's a Spanish name. I see. Wow, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So we still going on with this interview? Oh, uh, I mean, I we we have like an end segment that we do. Okay. Um, I like personally, I can't think of like uh anything else to ask right now. Cooper, you got anything? I mean, no. I think we can just mm-hmm. chat. Like we don't need to interrogate you anymore <laughs> like i say it's not it's not it's not an interview no, it's, it's, it's a conversation <laughs> yeah. I, when you were saying like oh what's your five-year plan I'm like all right david what's your five-year plan like <laughs> let's hear it you want to hear my five-year plan because i know i don't got a five-year plan <laughs> okay well i bet i'll break it down for you um so my five-year plan uh first year obviously Based on what I'm doing right now, I'm working in film, getting uh, different jobs, working for like different companies, uh, basically as a productions assistant. Production the foundation. Exactly. Um, for those of you who don't, don't know what a production assistant is, basically it's just like um, a free hand that kind of like uh, runs around like a film set, uh, just like uh, fulfilling like whatever is needed. You know, so whether that is, um, you know, setting up like lighting or like getting equipment from somewhere, changing lenses, whatever it might be, getting that done. Production uh, assistant. Exactly. And that's your first year. Exactly. Second year. Um, <laughs> walk so, us year by year. Well, hey, yeah, look. What's your bank account look like? <laughs> hey, that's not far that's what we all want to know. Yep. <laughs> Get to it. Um, but anyways, like that's like the first year getting like that acclimated. Um, while I'm doing that, I also have like you know my like production company, you know Razor Visions, which you've already had the chance to work with. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that <laughs> on the interview. <laughs> we still can later. Um, it depends, but uh, uh, obviously working with that, building that brand, really the the whole point of like uh, working as a production assistant is to further my own company, of course. You know, basically building and growing skills that I can take back to my home team and um, develop. So my, I'm basically like building connections in Minneapolis, working with people, getting like in touch with like executives. Um, for instance, I've already made like a, a pretty like solid connection so far. I've worked with um, a um, a assistant director slash producer. His name is uh, Peter Maestri. He's worked on like multiple films and like music videos. Like one of his like most recent um, projects he worked on is, uh, do you know who uh, Bella Porch is? She's mm. like a like. I'm pretty sure you should know. Like, I, she's like I the see, one really like, big like TikTok. I see girl. her name like mm. on Snapchat or something, or like if I'm yeah. watching, or if I'm like on Instagram, I'll mm. like see her name or like some sort of scandal. But yeah. I don't like know who mm. she is or what you know all that stuff. Uh, well, anyways, she recently, like, went into music. She dropped, like, her first, like, pop song called, like, uh, Build a Bitch. And, uh, this is, like, like, super, super, like, viral, like, music video got, like, um, I, I want to say it broke, like, over a hundred million. Um, he worked on that project. 
Uh, he's worked on, like, um, films on Netflix and, you know, so on and so forth. But anyways, I'm, like, uh, getting ahead of myself. Uh, or getting away from myself, I should say. Um, and uh, building connections like that, you know, people that, you know, might be able to help me along the way as far as um, giving me, whether it be the connections or the know-how to build myself up to, you know, where they might be, so... That's why, you know, important connections, working with people like that are so important to me. Uh, by second year, I probably want to be still, of course, like, you know, working in Minnesota film. Um, at this point, I maybe want to have upgraded from working uh, less production assistant work and going into more of um, either camera operating or working as like um, a key production assistant or like a coordinator. So, so when we're gonna see some of your movies on the billboards, man. Ah, uh, that's like that's like ten plus years away, <laughs> dude. Mo movies do not come easy, cause like, and that like brings me into like another thing of um, success, like overall success. Uh, I feel like we we see it like you know really really often like you know young people like achieving like really really high levels of success, uh, especially in this like a uh, TikTok era that and we're like thrown again. up on a pedestal. Exactly, like. and like um. The thing is, that's not really realistic. Uh, m most young people are not going to, like, blow up and become, like, multimillionaires in their 20s. You know, no matter how hard you try, unless, like, you were already, like, born into wealth. Right. Or, like, or you, you bought Dogecoin. You bought Dogecoin. Um, or you hopped on, like, you were really lucky and you hopped onto a trend that, like, was going to blow up. Day trading or you know, unless you did all those things, you're not going to be, you know, a multimillion in your 20s. Like, and, and that, that's, like, perfectly okay. You know, it's okay to, like, not reach, like, you know, super high levels of, like, wealth and success in your 20s. You know, like, if you, even if you don't do it in your 30s, that's still okay. If you, like, hit it in, like, your 40s, like, you know, that's where a lot of these, like, professionals are. Like, you know, they're in their 30s, they're in their 40s, like, working on, like, you know, big films and projects and, like, you you got to take your time with these things. You know it's okay to, um, it's okay to, not immediately be successful. And like we were talking about earlier, so many people think they can just blow up in the mm -hmm. music game overnight. Mm -hmm. it's, exactly. It's not real. Mm -hmm. Cooper, not you ready for this? Ready for it? I'm listening. It takes 14 <sighs> years to become an overnight success. <laughs> 10,000 plus hours. How many yeah. years would that be? A lot. I, I'm not going to tell you. I don't know math. 24 times 365 is how many hours in a year. Okay. So take 10,000 mm -hmm. divided by 24 is how many days it would take. How many years divided by 365. Not, I'm not doing that in my head, but... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Years. <laughs> yeah. Years. years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. years. Lots of years. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, like, and uh, that's like uh, the reason why, like, I prefaced it uh, that like that is because, like, I ultimately end up, like, saying that every, like, damn near every episode. Might as well just, we're not even <laughs> hiding it. Like, I outed you last episode. So might as well. this can be our theme. But I think you've, like, I think you've changed it. First, you were saying 10 years. And oh, now did you're I? 14 years. But. Same, same idea. Time. 
exactly yeah you know it, it's not gonna happen overnight yeah. is the deal you know like it might look like it was overnight but like it took you like you know multiple years to get to this point right. um and that's okay you know like success is uh i, I don't even know i don't know like preface it i least. think success kind of will tend towards the bold too yeah you, know, you have to be confident with yourself and bold mm-hmm. you know branding yourself too like how you're trying to brand your new tape you gotta you know, really you th- put it out there right hype it up do you think you can predict success based off your measures from the past like okay this is what i've done this year this is what i've done the year before that oh yeah this might uh, be where i'll be oh definitely year. i mean think of like businesses forecasting their you know profits for the next year they see like they ha- they're having this much sales, so that they're like, you know, first year and to like five years, they're having so much sales, and then they can forecast that maybe it's going to double or yeah. triple the next year, the next five years. So I think, you know, being an artist, you can kind of, it, it would be similar, mm-hmm. a similar forecasting. The reason uh-huh. why, like, I kind of disagree with that is just because... Um, like, the industry of creativity is so fucking fickle that, like, even if, like, you you know what you're doing, you've built something up in the past, something crazy could, like, wipe you off the map. Yeah. You know, and it's just, like... Pandemic. Exactly. It's, like, it, it's hard to stay, like, calculated, you know, like... Because, like, I'll, I'll make, like a, like, a really major example. Look at someone, like, designer... You guys remember like fucking 2016 Panda, 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 Panda. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, sounding just like yeah, future. Exactly, exactly. I honestly, it. I didn't know that wasn't future for a while. For really? A while. Like, god, <laughs> I thought it was future at first too. Like years, I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> well, it was a dude named Designer that is like I think still signed to Kanye's good music label, um, despite the fact that this dude has not had a fucking hit in like. How many fucking years? Like well, twenty sixteen was Panda, yeah. so five uh, years. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, and like he he built up so much hype with that song. Like you know, people were saying like, oh, this is like Kanye's golden boy. You know, like he's like he's up next. But you know, here we are, five years later. So what is the process like of staying up there? You know, keep dropping hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you drop such a super dope hit. Mm-hmm. That oh, year, it, that, that's another what's thing. What's stopping you from dropping another one? Like I promotion. Like, I, I think it? it's like I think it's a crippling thing though. I think um, it's super super crippling to have a hit that's too big, because or like instant success. Yeah. Then like you're gonna be you're gonna be up there, and then you're well, gonna be chasing that same level it, of success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's really hard to chase that level of success because like you know it's. It, one, it was, like, kind of in part because of luck and, like, you weren't actually prepared to take advantage of, like, the level of success that you had, you know? And I, I think that was, like, a really big issue that he did have. Um, and th- this brings me into another thing of um, Drake features. Drake brings, like, a lot of, like, nameless rappers into, like, instant fame. Um, a specific person that I'll name is, like, uh, Key Glock. He had, like, a song with, like, a Key Glock called uh, Look Alive. That's Did you song. show me that one in the studio last time? Uh, I might have. I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, but like the song's called Look Alive. I think I know Blew up song. super, super heavy. 
Um, and he's trash, right? Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. Just like after that, like he he couldn't find the same success. Um, he had like momentary, like you know, like uh, popularity. You know, people were peeping him, but like he couldn't like keep up after that. You know, because uh, he blew up too quick. He had a hit that was too big. Expectations were too high, and he could not beat them. Yeah. You know, so I think it's better to stay, like, consistent and have, like, you know, a gradual growth to, like, the top as opposed to, like, meteoric, like, out-of-nowhere success. Yeah. I think that's, that's like, that's a killer for a lot of people. Because um, it's not a lot of people that can, like, manage that well. Really, the only people in, like, uh, recent years I've seen do it well are, like, um, like as far as, like, current goes, uh, Lil Nas X, you know, he had his, um, what was the song called? Uh, Old, Old Town, Town Road. Road. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had Old Town Road. Blew up major, 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 super, super hit, you know? Um, and he's just been following up ever yeah, since. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he had, like, an EP he dropped. He dropped, like, Panini, like, after that was, like, his next big hit. You know, doing other stuff. Obviously, he has, like, Industry Baby that, like, uh, came out, like, a little while ago. That's doing super crazy numbers right now. Um, another person, Lil Baby. Lil Baby got a... Uh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> Nature trip. Finally, Arpon has Yo, arrived. Let me get a sip of that Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, another another like really major person, uh, Lil Baby. Lil Baby had uh, what was Lil Baby's uh, hit song? Probably like. That's no, the that's baby. that's yeah, that's the baby. Oh. Lil Baby. Fuck Lil Baby. <laughs> Hater. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of it. He he had like he had some like you know really big like hit song with like Drake, um, but like he managed his success really well. Basically, my point is, very 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 few people can actually sustain that. So um, I, honestly, I'm not even really sure what like the like main point of this was. Just just come over here. The baby is the only baby that I need. <laughs> Um, was actually, you know what, speaking of the baby, um, that's a wild boy right now. That What's man. He huh? What's he doing? Is he still alive? Is he in jail? Uh, no, no, he's not in jail. It's just like, don't you remember, like, he was in the news recently for, like, saying, like, he hey. He way too many people. Don't oh, he, he, do, he does beat up a lot of people <laughs> for a famous person. He probably shouldn't do that anymore. But uh, what he was, like, in trouble for recently was, like, you know, he was at a concert, and he was like, you know, hey, um, if, uh, if, you don't, if you're not going to go into the parking lot later here and uh, suck dick, he was, like, talking to men, you know, put a lighter up. Um, if, uh, if you don't got that nasty um, AIDS, uh, put a lighter up. So basically he was kind of just, like, you know, saying, like, a lot of, like, yeah, just, like, homophobic stuff and, like, you know, like, got in a lot of trouble for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Bit of a yeah, you definitely gotta carry yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or else you're gonna be all in TMZ. Yeah, the I, news. I don't think he knows how famous he is. <laughs> I think he knows. He just still has the I don't give a fuck mentality. Maybe, dude. Yeah. Bro, I he, genuinely have like fun him with it too. Yeah. It's gonna get him in trouble, dude. Because, like you said, you're right. He beats up way too many people for a famous person. <sighs> Uh, but anyways, um... Well, at least we know he's still his genuine <laughs> self. <laughs> I guess so, Even man. Even if his genuine self is um, homophobic. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so we're gonna. I think we're we're like uh, pretty good to like wrap up right now. We're gonna move into our (laughs) final segment. Uh, So we have a segment at the usually at the end called Money Moves. We basically talk about like some current events um, based on like you know finance or like you know whatever it is, just like that may have happened in the past week or whatever it may be. Um, So this week we are gonna be talking about student debt Um, and uh, uh, because. uh, Biden's education department just wiped out uh, 1.74 billion dollars of uh, student debt for 22,000 people. Yeah, 22,000 people. Dude, where's my debt? Where's mine? What the hell? Um, but the thing is, I just paid off a loan. What the fuck? <laughs> it's um, it doesn't even it doesn't even count for like the like standard person. This is only for government employees. Oh Only gosh. like government employees yeah. are like getting it paid Only off. The government dogs always get um, and um, there's also like a caveat on it. You only you can only get it if uh, you've already made 120 payments so far, which is like I feel like also kind of like whack because like I feel like you could probably pay it off in 120 payments. Um, yeah. uh, if you do fifty dollars a payment. <laughs> Exactly. You like made it, 120 that's a payments already. Like uh-huh. you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man! Like, dude, there are like there are definitely plenty of people who are like you know in their fucking like 50s, 60s, still playing like their student debt. So like, more than possible. Um, but does this mean anything? Considering like America has like um 1.73 trillion dollars in student debt. Like I feel like this is like a super like just like small drop, drop in the bucket. In bucket. Yeah. yeah. Like as they say, raindrops uh, create the ocean or some bullshit. Like Ripples in the ocean. Honestly, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I never went to college. Mm-hmm. I was kind of afraid of that ten to twenty year debt. Yeah, yeah man, dude. Like, <laughs> stu- I dropped out of college. Student debt is like really like, like crippling once you leave school because like especially if like you know you decide to go into a field that like you won't necessarily make a lot of like quick money um you know you end up like having to like pay this debt for like you know however many years you know you can't really enjoy yourself um and school is only getting like you know more and more expensive based off of like inflation random things that they get like added um it's just interest yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous. I saw this interesting post the other day that said banks will be so quick to give you like a fifty thousand dollar loan for your education, but they'll like, deny you for a ten thousand dollar loan for like a down payment on mm-hmm. a car or a house or something. And that I feel like I don't know why why do why do institutions give you because so, profitable so much money. Because it's profitable. I mean, like, uh, we, we were just, like, talking about this early. Like, motherfuckers in their, like, 40s, 50s, 60s still paying off their student debt. Like, I literally remember Obama and, like, um, uh, uh, Michelle um, were also, like, talking about how, like, I, I think, um, I forget how old they were at this point. But, like, they were basically, like, like maybe, like, 40s, 50s or something at this point talking about how, like, you know, they were, like, still actually also paying for their student debt. Um, and, you know, I think this is, like, maybe, like, only, like, a few years into, like, Obama's, like, term. 
But um, yeah, I like I remember him like mentioning this, and you know that's like so wild to me. Like the former president of the United States still had student debt. You know. Let me ask you a question. Um, what do you think about people like myself? You know that did not decide to go to college, or my man here that dropped <laughs> out. Um, how do you think society like? you know, profiles, people like that, as far as their success mm-hmm. and their future success, and, you know, what what is the alternative way of survival if you don't go to college and to be successful? I you know? think there's, like, there's, like, two sides to this, which there wasn't before. Um, like, go back, like, you know, a few decades, and, um, you know, one, uh, college wasn't that expensive. Two, uh, you didn't necessarily need to go to college to get um, a skilled job that's, like, you know, going to buy you a house. So, like, stuff like that didn't matter then. But, like, you know, come to the, today where it's a bit different if you want to, like, make a proper living, I guess. And even that is, like, difficult with a degree. You know, you have to go to school. They say, like, you know, you have to go to school, get an education, get a degree. Rather that know. school be, you know, like a trade school yeah. or... College. It's not trade schools aren't even promoted though. It's like always like the four year. And are so are you an advocate for people to go to school and get um, their degree? The thing is like I I'm an advocate for doing what makes you happy. Like the thing is like what if you can like if you have a plan that you think you can like reasonably do, do it. You know if you think like school is like the route for how you want to achieve something, hundred percent do it. But at the same time, if you know that you're just going to be, like, wasting time at school, you don't have, like, a specific, like, field that you see yourself in or um, there's, like, something else that you're doing that, you know, you can't really get in school, then don't go to school. There are, like, so many avenues for, like, learning. But you got to know what works for you. It, exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, like, I, I don't support <laughs> not having a plan. I don't support, like, you know... Um, just not going to school and, like, you know, getting a fucking job at McDonald's or, like, Ace's Hardware for, like, 10-plus years. I don't support that. You're a fucking loser if you do that. <laughs> um, I What I do support is people who, like, have an idea, have know what they want to do and, like, have a plan for, like, achieving that. So, like, you know, whether it be, like, music, whether it be art, whether it be film, whatever it is, you... Have to like grow in that exactly. field. Exactly. You have to like build out that avenues because um, even though like, you know, it's uh, like creativity is a very like saturated like market. It's still more than possible to make a living even if you're not like wildly popular. Absolutely. Um, and if you can do that, like bravo. You know, it's like everyone can't do it, but have a plan for what you're going to do and follow it through. Be consistent. Consistency. Consistency is key every single time. Because like I said, I don't support bums who still live at their mom's house in their 30s. No can do. Yeah, I hear that. So well yeah, said. That's my answer. <laughs> you no, guys have anything to college. No one should ever go to college. <laughs> why'd you, so why'd you drop out? I got bored. Cap, you got depressed. I got depressed and bored. Dangerous combination, I tell you. <laughs> Here, you want to get a bit closer? Yeah. No, uh, I got depressed. I got bored. What, what were you majoring in, if you don't mind me asking? Architecture. Okay. Um, 
it wasn't that like I lost interest in it. I actually like still loved it. I just lost uh, confidence in most of my professors because like COVID hit and like these fuckers couldn't even like you know start a Zoom call. And I was like, damn, I'm learning from these people. Nah. Mm. So yeah, um, that was a big factor in it, and you know, I just wanted to. And I, and, I, and I still wasn't, like, you know, it's 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 kind of a weird thing that, like, people put you in, right? Like, you're 18, people are like, yeah, choose a career path, you're going to die doing that thing. You're, like, like uh, I, I, I hate that. I hate that so much because, like, our, like, our society, like, expects, like, just like you said, 18-year-olds to know what the fuck they want to do. Yeah, till they at die. At 18. Yeah, yeah, until yeah, they die, yeah. you know? Like... What do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly, bro. Like, because, like, I... (laughs) Most high school seniors are not prepared to answer that question. They, like... Because, like, they'll end up, like, either, like, you know, going based off of, like, what their parents said they should do, um, what their parents do do, or... Plus, they genuinely don't have the exposure to more than, like, you know, three or four jobs. Yeah. Because, like, you have the two jobs that your parents are working Uh And if they're the same one, you're fucked. Because mm. you're going to probably mm. end up doing that. Yeah. Uh, like, there's not a lot then, of exposure you know, to that in, like, like public your, school. Your best friend's mom. Like, <laughs> has a job. And I was like, oh, that's a cool job. Uh-huh. That's about it. Yeah. I feel like, like, African parents, Indian, you know, Middle Eastern, Asians, yeah. a lot of time, like, want their, their kids to either be, like, a doctor, yeah. a lawyer, the, the you know, something with a high profession. Yeah, the and if holy you're not trio, there, they you look know, at you like, like you're, lawyer, you're a doctor, loser. or engineer. Exactly, and if you don't well, do that, you're a loser. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with, like, just, like, their, like, you know, get-it-out-the-gutter-like mentality as far as, like, you know, ah, I came to this country, you know, with, like, two cents in my pocket and, you know, made a life. You know, now you have to level up and do something, you know, super, you know, bigger than I did. Right. You know, and, like, it's, like, I I admire that sentiment, but, you know, like, it, if, you, if you bring your child to, like, this, like, you know, place, expecting them, you know, you want them to have, like, a better life, you know, like, uh, more room for, like, possibility, you should let them take um, advantage of that possibility. You know, and do what they want. Um, but like, uh, it's it, it it's hard to even like say that because like you know like uh, you know they it, the whole idea is like come to this country. You know, okay, you have the opportunity to like you know do something like you know, and that's like go into like the medical field and make like I don't know like a hundred something k a year. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's I, I think it's because like it's um. It's a, a realistic path. But even, I, I feel like becoming a doctor is actually not even that realistic. You know how hard it is to be a doctor? Dude, my, my brother literally stopped uh, studying like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And this dude is like 30, going 35, something like that. Trying to be a doctor? He is a doctor now, oh, yes? but like, you know, he didn't have like his proper like you know because i feel like doctors are always learning right Mm -hmm. it's literally called practicing medicine yeah because like he he wasn't out of 
like the learning phase because like there's there's learning and then there's like the progressing of technology right mm -hmm. he wasn't out of the learning phase until like you know five six years ago mm -hmm. that's crazy and like this dude like graduated high school when i was still like five it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of studies. <laughs> yeah dude studying. like that's what i mean like i feel like it's like more realistic to do something else and make more money than to be a doctor i think in a, a lot of times doctors will be in debt too because they take yeah. on so much debt just yeah to dude medical school like like they'll like there are so many doctors that are like in like upwards of like 100k in like yeah. student debt and then they're they're kind of just like i don't want to say slaves but you know they're like in kind of service to the hospital mm -hmm. they're like indebted to the yeah. to the hospital or wherever they're working mm -hmm. like they have to just keep doing that they don't have any other options but to just yeah. keep being a doctor yeah yeah otherwise you can't pay off, off that debt because <laughs> like uh so a previous guest we had um a friend of mine uh christian he was like on the route to like become a doctor but like realized um how much work and how much time it takes away from you so he decided you know ah i'm not gonna do this I'm going to become either a nurse, a nurse practitioner, or there was, like, um, uh, another, like, you know, medical field uh, that he was, like, thinking about. So, like, just, like, goes to show you, being a doctor is not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's overrated. Huh? So, yeah, immigrant parents, stop telling your kids to be doctors. Do you want them to be failures? <laughs> and then you're going to disappoint yourself. Mm -hmm. Being dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Think about we, that. Hey, we need doctors, though. We do, we do. <laughs> but they should want to be doctors. <laughs> right. I mean, they're essential workers on the front line. Mm -hmm. Facts. Literally, Sergey is... Sergey, a previous guest that we had, one of my friends, is, like, the prime example of this, like, immigrant, immigrant parents, and, like, mom's a nurse, and he's just, you know, trying to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. But did he, did he want to? Yeah, to an extent, I think. He's, okay. like... He wants to just be that, <laughs> be that person who helps, you know, who helps other people. Uh, you know? Okay. Okay. So like the, the will to help is there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Fun fact that I just found out. There is a city named Delhi in New York state. Okay. Delhi, New York. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a Buffalo, New York. No, no, There's also a Buffalo in Minnesota. There is a Buffalo oh, in really? Minnesota. I've driven past it. There are multiple Buffaloes in Minnesota. There's also a Rochester. Are there multiple Buffaloes? In Minnesota and New York. Talking about literal Buffaloes or the city Buffalo? Oh, I did ask, like, literal Buffaloes. <laughs> okay, well, um, <laughs> this has been the Live and Learn podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, OMZ, for uh, coming out, uh, yeah. chatting with us for a little bit. It is a pleasure, guys. Absolutely, man. I like some pretty <laughs> deep subjects. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Look, it's, um, we strive to have uh, interesting, nuanced conversations here. You know, some you might not hear somewhere else, you know. That's what oh, we're yeah. going for. So, I mean, hey, I hope you had fun because uh, I know we definitely did. I did. You, uh, you took me out of my comfort zone a little bit mm -hmm. with asking me my five-year plan and... <laughs> Uh, yeah. how, how co you know, how come my relationship was rocky with Mussolini, mm -hmm. but hey, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, artists mm -hmm. that I work with yeah. in New York. Hey man, look, really you. Great terms, but he, 
He asked me that, and I had to answer, so. Transparency? <laughs> Look, spot. I got transparency. What do, you, what do you want from me, man? Hey, I gotta, you, hey that's good practice, there. though, for, like, other interviews, man. <laughs> hey, and we'll be, uh, we'll be waiting on those those new singles and that new tape coming oh, up. Oh, absolutely. To be determined. Oh, yeah. I'll let you guys definitely know when it drops. Fire, so, okay. um, when will the interview be on YouTube? Three weeks from now. Okay. Yeah, we shoot um we shoot out um three weeks ahead. So um yeah, just three weeks. So will we get ten, twenty minutes of time? Uh, no, nah, it should be more than that. Probably about like forty minutes or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um uh just to close it out though, um OMZ, do you wanna do you wanna plug anything before you head out, shout anything out? Shout out to all the hustlers, man, who's trying to make this dream come true. From the mud, from the dirt, you know, that came from nothing. I'm not saying I was all that poor. I didn't <laughs> come from shit, you know. I wasn't rich or poor, kind of <laughs> lower middle class. But, you know, shout out to everyone trying to make their dreams come true. Um, not in just the music profession, but any field, you know, that try to go against going to a four-year school, having that mm-hmm. four-year program and, you know, taking a risk so Facts. shout out to all the risk takers any plugs <laughs> any plugs Man, plug your institute yeah, you're plug. my plug <laughs> thank you plug for bringing me here my stuff my stuff my stuff yeah you don't want to shout the ig out or anything like you know find me on like um like spotify here 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 are we still we'll recording just put it, yeah put it oh the... shit <laughs> i thought we wouldn't record yeah i mean if y'all want to find me man uh follow me on on Instagram, OMZ Eternal, OMZ, the word Eternal, and go on my YouTube page and you can see a lot of my latest work. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, I repeat, this has been the Live and Learn Podcast. Uh, we are done for today. We will see you guys next week. Bye.